0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Cannabis producers, well as well, uh, as well uh, did not have a good week. In fact, there were uh, a number of write downs by major producers, largely because they misunderstood their market, or so the thinking goes. And I wanted to make sure that's exactly what's happening here, or uh, at least to give us an interpretation of uh, such matters within the legal cannabis and medical cannabis market. Mitchell Osak is back with us, consulting partner and cannabis advisory lead with MNPLLP here in Toronto. Mitchell, good to have you back on The Oak the Show. Good afternoon.
1: Great to be here, John.
0: So what happened last week in a nutshell? It
1: was ugly. It was utter carnage in the public markets, uh, both uh, for Canadian companies, as well as U.S. companies listed on the Canadian Stock Exchange. It wasn't good, But it was expected.
0: And why was it expected?
1: Well, I think what's plaguing this industry at a a fundamental level is unrealistic expectations, and I'll tell you why. Um, Before legalization, there were numbers numbers bandied about about how big this industry could get, and I think no one would deny It's it's a massive industry that's been around illegally for a long time. The fundamental question always was, when will that happen? And I think that early expectations got a little bit out of whack. People forgot, investors in particular, forgot that this is an absolutely new industry that's germinating for the first time in Canada. And there was a bit of irrational exuberance built into stock market valuations. And what we're beginning to see now is those valuations coming down to more realistic levels. And not to mention the industry having a couple of hiccups, but again, that was expected by most people in the industry.
0: All right, hiccups are the initial turbulence, but when the waters settle, I mean, the, the rollout of, uh, I guess, cannabis 2.0 uh, is upon us now, and uh, whither that?
1: We're likely going to see some of the same hiccups we saw a little over a year ago with the legalization of flour. Essentially, companies are going to market with edibles and, and cannabis beverages and so on with very little understanding about what the market, the Canadian market, and the markets within Canada, both BC, Ontario, and out east, for example, uh, will want. There's kind of shooting in the dark. Um, the clients that we've worked with um, have been studying a lot of the experiences of the California and Colorado and legal U.S. states, but it. At the end of the day, those are very different consumers with very different needs. So Canadian companies have a lot to go on, but not enough to really build compelling products out of the gate that consumers will want to buy. So we expect some rocky times over the next uh, six months or so. But like uh, the flower business, the cannabis flower business, we expect it will right size over time.
0: Again, we're just talking about the situation with legalized cannabis and Cannabis 2.0 with the rollout of gels and oils and edibles and so on and so forth. Mitchell Osaks with us, consulting partner and cannabis advisory lead with MNP LLP here in Toronto. So uh, you're saying the American template, because they've got a more mature market in the legal states, uh, that's nothing to go by because Canadian consumers may have different trends.
1: Well, it's these are directional learnings. Um, that we can benefit from here, but I wouldn't bet my house on it. Let's put it that way. Markets are very different. Even markets within the states like California, which California is as large as Canada, you have very different usage patterns depending on where you live in the states. So um, in as much as companies have spent a lot of time, time, money, and effort trying to understand what consumers are we'll want in building great products. The reality is we never really know until the products hit the shelves. And at that point, that's where the rubber hits the road.
0: Right, so it's trial and error. And uh, when we've got, I guess, uh, at least the first year of the bud, as you say, is or the flower, uh, what did we learn there? What do Canadians uh, prefer? Well, Canadians
1: overwhelmingly right now prefer high quality, reasonably, pli- reasonably priced flour. That's very true, and it's been very true across Canada. And that's still, for the most part, true with a good number almost 50% of Americans in legal states as well. So the old fashioned way of consuming this product has not gone away, won't go away for the foreseeable future. But what we're seeing in in edibles, you know, cannabis 2.0, is a whole bunch of new. Forms and formats to consume this product, and we expect that will increase consumption to new uh, uh, consumer groups that hitherto uh, didn't want to smoke or couldn't smoke, and in other cases um, are finding different usage occasions to to consume the product. For example, a gummy or a, a piece of chocolate or what have you, where you don't have to stand outside in the middle of winter smoking, they can consume that indoors.
0: So uh, what we've learned from product returns as well, and some of these companies, the big ones, like Canopy Growth, uh, massive revenue miss in their latest quarter, I guess, uh, something like $30 million in product returns. Product returns are a sign of misunderstanding the market, aren't they?
1: Yes, yes and no. Um, The problem with the headlines is it, it hides often very good stories. So Canopy... Uh, Growth, absolutely, Uh, significant problems, but their business is up 228% year-over-year growth. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good number. There are a number of uh, licensed producers out there that have not suffered the same issues around product returns and that are putting up tremendous numbers both versus year ago as well as versus the last quarter. So it's a bit of a mixed bag when you look at it. Uh, Unfortunately, most of the headlines tend to focus on the canopies and the auroras, who've had difficulties, but there there are a whole host of other companies out there like Organigram and Aphria and MetaPharm Labs that are putting up amazing numbers.
0: Yeah, but Organigram, they're out of New Brunswick. Didn't they have to write down $3.7 million due to product returns last week?
1: Yes, they did, and they still made an operating profit of $1.2 million, and their business is up 621% versus a year ago. So the, the idea that companies are not ever going to write down Uh, product returns is is, uh, unrealistic. Every major consumer packaged goods company, uh, you know, deals with these kinds of issues all the time. Cannabis won't be an exception. We would have expected this to be happening more frequently in larger numbers in early days because companies weren't sure what their consumers were going to buy ultimately. All right. So this is all, in my humble opinion, this is all about the readjustment that has to go on in every one of these companies where they can align their product supply and the products that they market with what the actual demand will be. And that takes a little bit of time. That is not an easy thing to do, particularly in an industry that has no history.
0: Right. So it's trial and error, as I said before. And the other thing, I mean, uh, was there maybe too much anticipation that the black market was just going to shrivel up and disappear?
1: Yes, I think it was unrealistic to think that the black market would just welcome the industry with open open arms. What we heard anecdotally, and there's no data to prove this, but what we've heard is the black market has dropped their prices as well. We've seen that as proof in Colorado as well as in California, so it's likely to have happened here. They want to keep their market share. They want to stay competitive and relevant, so they're going to do what it takes. Um, And they, in fact, have dropped their their price. The good news is that the wholesale prices are starting to drop as well in Canada. So the market is correcting itself. Licensed producers as well as provincial wholesalers are starting to get more competitive on pricing and um will be competing more favorably with the black market over the next 6 to 12 months.
0: I'm just curious, you know, if uh, people should be extra cautious when thinking this is a stock market play. I mean, this sounds to me like a Hunger Games scenario. Who do we know is going to be surviving at the end of this?
1: You know, great, great uh, metaphor. It is a Hunger Games scenario because we really don't know um, ultimately who is going to get their product mix aligned with what their consumers want. Um, that won't necessarily mean the biggest companies will be able to do it, like the Canopies and Auroras, but by the same token, um, Edibles, the introduction of Edibles, launches a whole new swath of products. And if you look at, again, U.S. legal markets, the the higher growth tends to come in the Edibles and, and the tinctures and the topicals. So it's entirely possible that the ultimate Coca-Cola or Procter & Gamble in this space we've never heard of mm. and they could be coming in the next three to four years.
0: Finally, I've got to ask uh, because this is another symptom of perhaps uh, a market that misunder or uh, somebody misunderstanding the market when it comes to all things cannabis. Uh, this website, The Leaf News, that's gone as well?
1: Yes it is unfortunately.
0: All right well uh, and again did they miscalculate?
1: No they didn't. Um, i I read it. Um, I liked a lot of the content, but but let's be frank, where Canada is a market of thirty seven million people. Maybe twenty percent of us are cannabis consumers. So when you look at the the potential receptive audience, you compare that to the number of other independent portals that are focused on cannabis, and I, and I can think of three or four right off the bat that do that. If you look at the Globe and Mail and the Toronto Star and and the uh, National Post and all of their coverage, there just isn't enough space for a cannabis-specific media play uh, in that crowded marketplace. So it's unfortunate that these folks um, couldn't make a go of it, but there are others that are, are doing exceptionally well. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's a competitive market, and we are not a large market. So the truth is only the biggest and the best will survive.
0: All right. Kind of a high times for contemporary uh, situations. I appreciate it very much, Mitchell. I mean, just keeping our finger on the pulse when it comes to all things pot. And uh, last week was not a good one. Just wanted to suss out the who, the wherefore, and the why. And you've helped in that regard. Always a pleasure.
1: My pleasure. Take
0: care. You got it. Mitchell Osak, again, consulting partner and cannabis advisory lead with MNP LLP.